What is truth? Seldom black and white, usually complex. The fifth column goes on the inside in search of it. How do you shut your eyes at night as a daughter or son, knowing that your mum is in a care home? She may be afraid of the dark. She may want something, but you're not there. It's strangers who are looking after your elderly relative. So we need to look at those things, examine them again, and take our relatives out of care homes and try and look after them with help in the home. For many Asian and African families in Britain, it's still culturally taboo for anyone outside the family to take care of the elderly. In this podcast, I'll be asking if Britain's ethnic minorities have it right when they call our country's care for the elderly horrible and a moral betrayal. Nita Devabai is the main carer for her mother-in-law and is of Gujarati descent. During a brief period in hospital, her mother-in-law became confused and feared she'd been taken to a care home. When we went to see her in hospital, she was so ill and she said to us that you've dumped me in a care home, you've betrayed me, you fed me all these years and then you left me here and you know you don't come to see me. This was all her subconscious telling us all these things. She was really, really angry with us and she was crying and and you know, we thought, Oh my god, what have we done? So there are so many expectations that she had. So for your mother-in-law, would you say that it, it would be a betrayal for her if you put her into a care home? She would see that as a pure betrayal. Yes, definitely. Much of the concern among ethnic communities seems to be focused on the care homes rather than sheltered accommodation or retirement housing. Maureen Palmer is originally from the Caribbean and visits her grandmother every day. Sheltered accommodation, she still has a bit of her independence. Care home, I wouldn't be too pleased about that. Uh, A friend of mine, his mum recently passed away and she was in a care home. And just sort of like listening to him saying that how she was when he'd go and see her, you know, the lack of care, the fact that, you know, the food would still be there. And if he didn't physically go in and feed her, then she wouldn't have eaten. Now, that's unbearable for me. Of course, ethnic minorities aren't a uniform bunch with identikit beliefs. Ethnic elders aren't immune from issues of isolation, loneliness and children who have absorbed Western patterns of behaviour. William Thomas is the project director for the Chinese Welfare Trust. Our prime aim at the moment is to support the older Chinese, especially those who came over in the 50s and 60s who are now facing retirement and many of them are facing retirement in isolation and loneliness. In some unfortunate cases where they have felt isolated and lonely, it has led to unfortunate suicide. They looked after their elders. They would be expected to be looked after by their children. But with the children maybe moving around or in different parts of the country and even different parts of the world, that's not become possible. So, yes, there is disappointment. And among those who work in the care home sector, there is distress at the suffering they see, but sympathy too for the burden placed on children within the British culture. Edna Clark-Kumi was a staff nurse in the care home sector for over 15 years. In this country, I feel sorry for some of the children. They do try, but we have four seasons here. Back where I'm from, we have one season where you can sit your elderly on the veranda and everybody will be passing along and chatting to them. If they're incontinent, you can do the washing, hang it in the sun and it will dry within two hours. But it is very difficult in this country. 
And again, children here have to pay their bills, so they have to go out and work. For Maureen Palmer, the recollection of her childhood and what her parents meant to her provides a kind of moral imperative. They were there, you know, we never went without food. OK, we didn't have designer things, but we had what we needed. So, um, yeah, I just think it's my time to do what they did for me, really. And do you think that's something individual to you or does it come from the culture that you come from? It is a cultural idea because that's what you grew up with. You didn't know anything different. Joan Bakewell, until recently an official spokesman for the elderly, once suggested that in the UK we have a culture of contempt for older people. I asked her to elaborate. There's a tendency by, as it were, the prevailing generation to tell the old how to behave, how they were lucky to live through an affluent era, how, in a sense, they've robbed their children and how they should vacate their houses because younger people need them. Well, would people just back off? Old people are doing what they can to cope at a time in their life when there is quite a lot of reason to be depressed. You're losing your fitness, you're slower, your friends are dying... Nobody wants to know what you're doing. Nobody's very polite to you. You're invisible in public. It would be good if there was a change in culture. I asked Maureen Palmer what she thinks of society's attitude to the elderly. Very, very cold and very detached. I mean, even in my working environment with um, people getting older or coming close to pension age, you'll find that they haven't got the patience all the time. They treat somebody probably in their late 50s or even early 60s they expect them to do the same thing that somebody in their 20s would do. And when they cannot do it, then it's like they want to boot them out. And that just shocks me, because I just think to myself, is this what my grandparents had to go through? We're entitled to get old. That's the evolution of life. It's horrible. We shouldn't romanticise the past when it comes to caring for the elderly in Britain. Statistics show that before the 1920s, there was a high probability that older people would have no children living or available to provide care. Mortality and emigration took care of that. But we all know that our current provision falls short of a mark. As well as caring for her mother-in-law, Nita Deverby works for a health and social care charity. I mean, I've done some work. We've seen some horrendous stories where care workers have put talcum powder in people's mouths and not given them food and left them naked and all sorts. It makes you wonder what our lives are going to be like at the end of our lives. We've worked all our lives and if you you don't have proper dignity and respect and care when you most need it, it's quite sad. And while failures of care in care homes quite rightly make the headlines, perhaps it blinds us to something we prefer not to think about, Joan Bakewell. I think the moral responsibility, which I think exists in all children towards their parents, in all communities, translates in Western society into guilt. I've talked to people from West African communities and they've said, you know, it's absolutely shocking about these care homes. We don't have care homes. Your job is to look after your parents. If my parents fell ill in West Africa, I'd be on the plane going back because that is what you do. Well, it's not what we do in Western society anymore. However... People believe that they have that responsibility and they are often nagged by guilt and misery and distress because these are the parents they loved. The CQC, the Care Quality Commission, who are responsible for regulating care homes, this month published a report showing that one in seven nursing homes are currently breaking the law, failing to give elderly residents enough to eat and drink. 
shocking statistics which translate directly to terrible suffering for those who are too old or frail to look after themselves. Maybe it's the very concept of a care home that needs a more critical look. Moving from a home where you've lived for many, many years, which is full of your stuff, all the memories you've had, all the bric-a-brac, all the souvenirs that you've accumulated, photographs, books, bits of stuff. Moving to a care home where you're given a very limited space of your own and you're told perhaps you could bring two paintings to put on the walls and you must bring some photographs, but not too many, but there's a space for four perhaps on the windowsill. And this furniture is provided, but if you'd like to bring an armchair, that will make you feel familiar with your home. It won't at all. You've left a home in which the walls resonate with your life. Your home lives and breathes your life, and you're being asked to give that up. That isn't just a matter of moving from one place to another. It's a really huge psychological bridge which invites you to abandon all your memories and all that mattered to you. The capacity to do that as you get older is really hard, and it breaks people's hearts. Perhaps in years to come, our society will reflect on what we are doing to our elderly. It might concentrate the mind to remember that it is a time of life common to us all. Meanwhile, the last word goes to nurse Edna Clark Coomey, whose working experience of British care homes has led her to chilling conclusions. Recruitment is a serious problem. Training, supervising. I have seen abuse. So what kind of suffering did that lead to? That led to... Nutrition, dehydration, urinary tract infection, chest infection, falls, and uh, really lack of care. I would rather commit suicide than be put into a care home. I would never go into a care home, although I've worked in a care home for 15 years. And I hope my children would never put me into a care home. To hear more of our podcasts and to have your say, visit our website www.thefifthcolumn.co.uk.